0: Oh, here we go. I can't look at him because he makes <laughs> me laugh. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Hello and welcome to The Nod, a mindful motorcycle podcast.
1: It makes us sound like newscasters. You know what I mean? It's great. No, it's great. It's, it's, it's professional. Mind- supposed to be
2: doing? It's a mindful. Just because you think you can do a better job. I don't. I don't, do I don't oh, at all. He, I just, hey, you I can, can, I just you, think he you, should do it better. You're welcome to go ahead and do it. Okay? I know it's Charlie, <laughs> but he can't read it. <laughs> <laughs> the dyslexic person in the room feel bad.
1: I
0: don't. Once again we'll be diving into the archives of our own adventures and experiences. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like um, Dickie Attenborough, you know. We'll be diving Once into again, the we will be diving
1: we'll into the I, I think you should archives. definitely do an accent. I think every time you should do a okay. different accent, like a
0: different, like. Catching up on recent goings on in the bike world and welcoming another guest into the den of egos. It was good, yeah, I knew okay. it. Thanks, Billy Connolly, for the intro. That was spot good, on, really. It? I thought he was in the room. As we venture through the rich world of bike culture, we will delve into themes of well being and mental health as we look to normalize and empower conversations and action. I'm Ben Bowers, and once again I'm joined by Charlie Borman and also Anthony Partridge. Hello. How are we doing? Good. Tell you what, my mental health
1: after that intro is 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 suffering.
2: What have what have you guys been doing today? What have you been doing since
1: I last saw you? We got the bike shed show coming up, don't we? Yep. So, bike shed. Um, so it hasn't been on for two years, and I've got three bikes in the show this year. Oh, brilliant. Um, I've got so my Royal Enfield is gonna be on the Olin stand. Mm-hmm. And I've actually sold that to a client. So it's got, I'm trying to, the client wants it, bigger engine. He wants a few different modifications. So I'm trying to get all that done before the bike shed show. So repainting swing arms and modifying so so engines and that. How's stuff that going? There. Are you going to make it? it's tight it's tight I'm, what does that I'm, mean ben I'm, no no if, if that's if that's if well, that's you hidden to
2: do with anything so, so
1: lit well if I, didn't, if I didn't have to Breakout. be in london for the next two days doing a, a podcast i would have had an extra two days to uh, build a motorcycle but uh so I've literally so i've got to finish my fl- building a flat track race bike as well and so that's all done bar the tank helen's painting the tank hand painting the tank Nice. I got the, the seats being an upholster that I've never used before. So we'll fingers crossed. Hope it's not terrible. Oh the guy I, who, I who did classic. my the guy who
2: did my new bike, my fraction, he he redid the seat. <gasps> Amazing yeah. if you need some upholsters
1: are tough to, tough to yeah. find. This guy's <laughs> fantastic, <laughs> but um, so, anyways, I've been building those those bikes. Luckily, the CCM doesn't need anything doing, it's just got to take it out of my hallway at my house and put it in a van. Perfect, So, Great. so it's um, been busy then the last, so yeah, it's the last been little bit, literally chaos. Ben, um, what the, have you been
0: the, up to? The good, relevant stuff is this episode is probably going to go out after the bike shed show, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've just uh, given back, I had a triumph. Um, thanks, to Triumph UK. Had a nice little uh, Speed Twin for for a week. Uh, what do you think of uh, that? I thought it was great. Yeah. Oh, we I had a great. Yeah, we had a little ride we? out. Yeah. I thought it was it was good fun. Is it tw- are they twelve hundreds? Yeah, twelve hundred.
1: Essentially a Thruxton with it's the Thruxton yeah. kind of and it's got m- motocross kind of style bars on it. Yeah,
0: slightly nice, comf- position. fairly comfy riding position. Plenty of torque, plenty of go juice. I've rode it straight up to Hinckley. I wouldn't recommend. You know, long, well, there's no pairings. journeys, but, so uh, it was yeah, a bit. But, well, tiring, you've seen but, my Ducati, you've seen the seat yeah, on that with no yeah. foam on it. So, yeah. Well, yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it's I did have a bit, a bit of an umbum after four hours on it, but it was a, yeah, a good fun, really fun little bike to um. I think rip I think that on. bike is uh that bike is 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 you know it's a twelve
2: hundred if if it's your first or second road bike. It's brilliant because it's it's low enough to get your your feet down. It's yeah, it's, it's got really enough power to have to, to enjoy it. You can get out and scratch around in the countryside and enjoy. That handles quite well. Yeah, it comes with very nice tires. Yeah, it's it's nice, nice. Well,
0: bike. those those it comes with the the Diablo RRs, mm. isn't it? Or the Ross so RRs. here's a there? question they, for they you. They need to warm you've, up a bit.
1: You've ridden the new Sportster. Yep. You
0: have. Oh, the, uh, you we have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We both have. Was with
1: you? Yeah. yeah. <coughs> Nothing happened. <though. laughs> Talking about cold tires. What do you think? Uh, would you rather have uh, a twelve hundred Triumph or uh, the twelve hundred Sportster? 1250? Oh, what do you what do you think? What do you think's a better bike? Of, well, I more think fun I think, I think they're both different.
2: I think the between is fun. It's it's a, it's so a it's, pretty bike. It's what you like to look at. So you're looking at the essential British bike, which is that Bonneville. the Triumph and yeah, the silhouette. Silhouette or the Bonneville yeah. silhouette of that, mm. and then you're looking at the at the Sportster S, which is which Very is, modern, which is yeah, but, but, but that, that harks muscle. back to, yeah. to that long line of history of the yeah. Harley Davidson, but brand new from the ground up. Mm. And, and it actually goes around corners. So it's a fun, fast bike. I'm, Second I mean,
1: gear, no clutch wheelies.
2: Yeah, it's quite impressive. Yeah, it's impressive. Sure. I just came back from Wales doing the 1200 Tiger Triumph Experience Day. So, oh. so, so,
1: so, so, did you get invited I didn't get did, invited did invite you no well no, no. you actually <laughs>
2: actually a little embarrassing both of you were invited but I just <laughs> I thought I can't be asked to invite them, but no, no. But it was it was good fun. It was nice to. But I was with okay. I was with a whole bunch of other influencers, other influencers. Yeah, you yeah. count yourself as an influencer now. Well, <laughs> apparently, I am an influencer. Apparently, <laughs> anyway, we were all influencing together. No, but it was it was good fun. Pissed with rain for the first half of the day, and but it's lovely. You know, Dan and Wales going to do that triumph day, or Simon Pavey does his one. The BMW it's board. across the road, uh, the, isn't it? Directly I was gonna opposite. Say, are they, are they each all on the
1: same spot? Other. Yeah,
2: yeah. They're literally opposite each other, and but but the riding around there is just. It, it's the best two days you'll you'll ever do yeah. doing those courses, you know, whichever a, one you do. Just fantastic!
1: I did a Jeep event there; it was fantastic. Oh, it's just Absolutely a beautiful part of the world.
2: Place. So, so did that, and then you know, while maybe maybe while this podcast is going on, I'll be in the Bahamas. Right, well, just moving going on tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. what, what just are you doing in now? the Bahamas? Just hanging out with my great mate Jason Connery, who's one of my oldest friends. Oh, lovely, and uh, just you know, going to suck up some beach time with. White coral sand, so it doesn't get too hot. Which is you and your mate. Lads, lads. No, no, lads my, my, my wife's Ollie, Ollie's coming along as well. I was going to and, say, um, Mrs. No, I said you wouldn't go out just and sit on an island without my wife there. What? We, so, what's going what's on? What's well, going should on? Should we bring today? our guest in?
0: Yeah. We have a surprise guest. This week, we have one of the hottest, physically and metaphorically, bike builders on the planet thing. right now. I refrain from calling him a customizer because that would do him a disservice. A master of his craft, he is building some of the most visually stunning bikes out there, but most importantly for me anyway, uh, they are built to ride as beautifully as they look. Thankfully, as hot as he is, he's not Michelangelo's David, as the booster seat we've got for him testifies. (laughs) Welcome, Callum Price of Debolex. Come on, come on in. We need an
1: applause kind of thing. (laughs) Um, I think he should have came out with no clothes on after that intro, yeah, really. That would have been good, yeah. it? You know what I mean? No, um, I wouldn't have.
2: That was quite the intro. Was it? Well, oh, it's, no, it's, I like it, <laughs> that, but I love the fact that he sort of gave you a compliment but how, then took how, it back about you're
0: not really an Angelo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, really. We were just saying it's actually quite deceptive. We didn't actually get him a, a seat, a, a, a yeah, cushion. but he's sitting but he's, really high. Yeah, yeah, very... I, mean, I,
3: I was explaining, yeah, I'm a long body, short legs. Yeah, long body, short legs. It's not very helpful with... Motorbikes, actually, you know.
0: No, you want long legs. Which you've seen yeah. a lot of the
3: time. Yeah, I pull up on tall bikes, then I have to shuffle the bum across. Or, or actually, on the way here, Joe sent me a, a nice clip of a guy getting off the bike at every traffic light. Oh, so it's. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, but Joe's very. Shoes? Well, yeah, possibly, and yeah, that probably would be a good idea. Oh, gonna, I mean, gonna, getting off I'll a bike yourself. in hills would be. You can yeah. you can
2: you can stick a wedge in your yeah, yeah. in in your shoe. That, yeah. I, that I have a wedge in my shoe. You you, you come um, along with um foot pegs g- exactly myself and, and and yeah. Simon Cowell. You know
3: wear wedges. You do it. You do adapt, though. You know, you, you it's kind of this. This is what you've been born with, isn't it? You kind of oh, you make yeah. it work. Yeah, who cares? Yeah, We're that's it. Yeah. You just got. Yeah, you know, I've got a short girlfriend, so. I chose that quite wisely. That yes. helps, yeah. What, well, yeah. short fuse or, or... Well, actually, no, no, she's not too bad. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she, you got to push chill. the right buttons, but...
0: <laughs> so, one half of the Bolex with Dez, your partner. Is that equal share?
3: Uh, no, it's no, not, not really a share at all. You know, it's it is my company, but okay. Dez has been there from the start, so he's very much uh,
0: we'll scrap part that. of the family. <laughs> Founder, owner, sole proprietor of the Bolex. The company began over a decade ago and has evolved over time to become a renowned UK custom motorcycle company. Since they started in 2012, they built 21, one of one, sounds like a cricket score, motorcycles for customers all over the world from crown princes to fitness gurus. Is it crown prince? Was it king? I don't, you can't, really know. I don't. <laughs> you can't talk about it. You can't talk about it. Their customers choose to Bolex because of their unique style, design features, and attention to detail. Meticulous care is put into each and every build, resulting in a factory finish for every custom component. Recently they launched the D B twenty five, aimed at riders and owners seeking the ultimate craftsmanship and riding experience. Mm. The first in a number of series projects to be developed by DeBolex and limited to just 25 motorcycles. I clever DB25. See what you did there. <laughs> Based on the legendary Ducati Monster 1200, they've reimagined the design and performance with over 100 new custom components. Each DB25 is built to customer specifications with a wide range of customizable options to choose from. Does that 125 different components include screws?
3: It doesn't. No. <laughs> I mean, if we added that, it might be in the millions.
0: <laughs> Initially starting on customising cars at his father's garage, a love of bikes led to his career after plans to become a commercial pilot nosedived. <sighs>
2: No, like I like what you've
0: done Thank there. you oh, <laughs> Thank you I like how he looks for, for, yeah. for,
1: for the applause Yeah
0: because there's certain ones I'm a bit pleased with and I hope they land as well as I <laughs> I, I, I think they do but my we, judgment We We really off. shouldn't
3: react to the next one No, 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 dead, no, no, dead so no that's just, it We're
0: Deadpan dead um, Callum it's an absolute pleasure to have you join us Thank um, you As Thanks I say you are some of the hottest property in the custom bike world at the moment Thank uh, you Thank you Spit it out Charlie Come on, Joe Wicks yeah. Um, who is a friend of all of
2: ours? Big, keen motorcyclist. He has been sending me endless <laughs> reels of your of your bike. Now that that is out there, but I have to say it is it is quite it's quite amazing. But how much work does go into a bike like the Body Coaches?
3: I mean, yeah, it is it's, it is a huge amount of work, and it's kind of crazy sometimes. Even even now, it still surprises us. You know, I have to quite often um, estimate times for a build, and then maybe double it or quite often triple it. Uh, to give a realistic timeline of when we complete something, yeah, they, they are a huge amount of work. All the body, especially full fairings. We we stupidly chose a full fairing, yeah. full fairing bikes to be the the style of bike that we build, which is something I've been describing recently. It's kind of the difference of making a pair of swim shorts or or a fully tailored suit. You know, it's it's a huge amount of work. So many panels. There's 22 carbon fiber panels on Joe's bike, and then have to be prepared for paint and painted and every part of that, it just takes a long time and, uh, and making it all fit perfectly. So, But Joe's was a, an amazing bike to build. He was an amazing customer, the most enthusiastic of customers and like you say, his he's got a bit of enthusiasm,
1: the boy, you know what I mean? He's, yeah. Tomorrow, yeah. You know, that's about him. Yeah. I mean, he is, he's amazing.
3: <laughs> yeah. He, he was very keen to have the bike and, you know, we worked flat out. We even, dare I say it, bumped him up the queue a little bit to get his bike as soon as we could. And, um, but the minute he had it, he's been enjoying it and that's really cool to see.
0: I was going to so, ask yeah. you about that relationship with customers, because your passion is is creating beautiful motorcycles that, that look stunning visually and, and ride beautifully. But that's your vision. That's your own personal taste, your style, your influence. Um, and we'll get on to sort of where all of that came from. But to, to be able to do that, it needs to be, in your case, commercially viable. So you have to take on commissions and you have to take on other people's dreams of the bike they want and that might not always tally up with with your vision and how do you manage that
3: the end goal is that we we do want to end up building and painting and finishing it something that we're very proud of and that, that follows our style and our you know our trend of of bikes and with all our one-off builds that's not been too bad a lot of our clients have come to us they've seen what we do and they kind of want that. So that's that's been quite flexible. And quite often we we end up choosing the colours and and everything else. With the series, we actually wanted to give a little bit more kind of creativity to the customer. So we want them to be able to choose their colours and trims and all those special fun, exciting you know, parts of the build.
1: If the colors that you offer.
3: <laughs> yeah. So, we, well, we quite often, I, I, w- I want to understand what color they want as a, as a base color, be that red, green, yellow, whatever. And then we start looking at the different shades and how, the highlights and how we bring that all together. So it's quite, it is a collaborative thing. We have had one client come to us with this, uh, it was a certain car actually, he wanted to match the bike color to a car. And that car is, is we slightly tweaked the color. It's a, It's a very, famous car and it's it stands out but it's not actually a, a lovely colour it's quite a unique colour so we just tweaked that a little bit in the shade just to
0: get that right and we'll, we'll always do that Does that do mean that? you can get permission to use the Pantone in <laughs> we could, other speak. Or could even
3: contact the owner <laughs> I don't think to use that it was, it was like Google Images and uh, flicking through and yeah endless trips to the paint shop trying to match things up but we try and make it as collaborative as possible and, and, and steer but without being too controlling and you know we really want the customer to end up with something that they're really pleased with
0: yeah, does that ever cause friction conflict or do you feel generally you've you've generally that? it's
3: been okay. We've got we've got a lavender bike that's going to be uh coming out at some point which is like that's not something maybe I would initially choose but I actually quite like being pushed in a direction that I normally wouldn't go and sometimes that ends up being the one that's actually stands out the most. So yeah. I'm quite open to that and uh, we try and we try and just collaborate as much as we can. If someone really wanted something we didn't like with the series we would still we would still do that, but maybe we'd, you know, our heart wouldn't be in it so much. But, but quite often that's not the case. And, and so,
2: it,
1: fluorescent pink ain't coming out soon.
3: <laughs> well, maybe if you're
2: involved, it might be. <laughs> but I suppose, it, yeah. I mean, I suppose the colors. I mean, you know, colors and trends change all the time, don't they? Yeah. You know, I mean, if you, uh, you, you know, occasionally you would see a nice battleship grey bike or car yeah. and think, oh, that's nice now. And no, it's
0: just like, oh yeah. That's that's passe now. And it's hard so, it's hard to
3: do things, well, yeah. So they're I've kind of timeless
0: a, and I've got a volcano grey parked out front. Have you? Yeah. yeah uh, it's that's still it? on trend, right? Is it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> just like you are. Yeah. But um, At least it's not burnt <laughs> orange.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're talking about what you're doing right now, but your father builds classic cars and workshops yeah. and yeah. when you were a kid, did you were were you in there Paddle beating, doing, learning from him, or or did he not let you in the garage? Or
3: it's quite funny, really. Because I mean, I've very much grown up around classic cars and mm. bikes, and they've definitely been a huge influence. And so is my dad and my granddad. They've, well, i probably just tagged along as opposed to them pushing me on. You know, I wanted to be involved as opposed to my brother, who was completely different and, and was not interested at all. But dad was never forceful, or, or in fact, even as as a the idea of becoming a mechanic, he was not even that. Kind of uh, support, not not supportive, but you know, didn't think it was necessarily the wisest choice of, like of careers. To go to at university, the time. Yeah. Be a
2: doctor, yeah, or, or, or an accountant, <laughs> anything, or a anything yeah. lawyer. but a uh, dirty old Yeah,
3: <laughs> but I, it, I got to the age of sixteen, seventeen, and and then the idea of having my own car started to kind of come to light, and uh, and I bought my first car, Ford Anglia, when I was, I think I was still sixteen at the time. Great right
1: lines on those cars. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. Yeah, I just loved it. The first time I saw one, I was like, "I'll have one." And yeah, bought this car, and and then I said, oh, "I want to start modifying it." And I think both my dad and my granddad actually were trying to put me off a little bit. They, you know, just drive it as standard and and enjoy it. And but as soon as they were looking the other way, then the, the front suspension was off it, and you know, <laughs> getting stuck in. And and that car really became the foundations of everything I do now. Yeah, everything it taught me to weld, to build an engine, uh, to paint, and, and it was an amazing experience. That was my my college, if you like, and. Because of that car, I ended up working for dad for four years as a mechanic. And, and we, we you know, had a really good relationship, you know, and I really enjoyed working with him. Anything I learned there was very much mechanical. Anything of the the nature of kind of what we do now with the metal shaping and stuff was was kind of off of my own back. But certainly the influence I had hanging around with dad and seeing all these amazing cars and bikes yep. helped me kind of push my design influences. You know, yeah. uh,
0: and where did those design influences and inspirations come from what was it that made you think actually i want to do the fabrication bit you know the the metal work uh so i was
3: very lucky to do a i did i think i did about eight weeks work experience at a company called ckl developments they basically restore and maintain and race prepare old Jaguars, so e-types d-types c-types that type of thing lots of aluminium work and i jumped around in various Parts of that workshop, but one of the one of the areas, is is metal shaping and and uh, restoring the bodies, and uh, that definitely had a, a, a fair impact. Then I was probably seventeen at the time. It had an impact, and I was interested in it, but I kind of went away, and it kind of sat in the back of my mind for a while. And then when I got to twenty one, I think it was, and I built my first bike. I sort of came up with this hurdle of how do I create some? You know, I want to create a nice cafe racer tail, or or a nose, or whatever that might be, and. The first thing that came to my mind was, you know, pick up a sheet of aluminium and, and start smashing it out and, you know, and beating some shape into it. And and that really just evolved from there. You know, a tail ended up to a, you know, a nose fairing and a nose fairing ended up to tank and tank it up full fairing. And before you know it, you're deep in the world of metal shaping and welding and all sorts of stuff.
0: Nice. Now, your grandfather and father, we'll, we'll get into your bike history, but the influence was there. Your grandfather and father have, have had interesting. Yeah, um, noteworthy bikes.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I thought it was nineteen, but in fact, my dad corrected me. He, we were looking at a pitch the other day, but it was seventeen. He bought his his Vincent Black Shadow. So, yeah, straight off the cuff, he was um, into nineteen nice
2: years things. old. Yeah, Vincent Black Shadow, Vincent <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, that's, that was a lot of money back then. Yeah, and, and as well. Did he, well what what, what he still were they got back that? then? What, what did he, well, what he, did he give for
1: that? I think he that said that it, was,
3: a, it was only about
1: three
3: hundred pounds. I mean, obviously, yeah, money was very different back then, but. He, you know, he's a mechanic. He's always been a mechanic. He was at the time. I think he I was suppose he got the
2: deal, didn't he? You yeah, saw it coming and
3: yeah, and well, it was it in up. bits at the time. It was yeah. it was apparently leaned up against a, you know, in a shed, leaned up against the wall and and semi in parts. And the picture I was looking at the other day was fully stripped down. It was just part of the crankcase left, and I was trying to work out what. You know, just to know the history of it all, work out what exactly was going through his mind then, and why it was fully stripped down. And um, but he so he, my granddad also owns a Vincent Rapide and and that was his commuter bike for, for mm. us, you know as long as we that remember. That
2: was a it. that was a posh bike. I, I just I've just been doing some work on a documentary that's been made. Ewan did has done the uh, narration of it, and it's all about Vin. He's quite a character. The the guy who actually owned Vincent, uh. and he was from Argentina and. From very rich family, and and he he owned his own factory by the time he was nineteen, twenty years old. Yeah, very interesting. But yeah,
1: still to to this day, it's still I think the most beautiful motorcycle engine ever built. Yeah, the twin particularly. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well. Twin. yeah, you yeah. know. And yeah. when he came out with the and and he always had rear suspension, so he, he insisted that standard was rear. Yeah. suspension, not not hardtail, which was yeah. which is you yeah, know, I mean, was, was, very was quite innovative. revolutionary at the time. Yeah, you
3: know. There's, I mean you can uh, Vincent you can it's got two side stands at the front and a rear stand so you can put it on the rear stand you can put two side stands out and you go around the front and pick the front wheel up and the side stands drop down to make a front centre stand so both wheels are off the ground and then both wheels can be undone with a on the end of the axle is a you know so it's like a fly nut and you can undo the wheels and have the wheels out quite quickly with no tools and so it was all, it was a really great touring bike, a little tall tray under the seat. And there was so many little things that they did that were, you know, really innovative at the time. And, and at the same time, it was the fastest bike on the road you yeah. could buy. So Yeah, yeah.
2: And that's, he was obsessed about that, yeah. wasn't he? And, he, and he, he had some quite success, bad success at the beginning, the first time they went to um, the TT with a, a different engine. Yeah. And then that's what they decided to build their own engine yeah. After the TT, yeah, the land
3: speed stuff definitely suited the the twin well. And
2: yeah, the... yeah, are
1: you allowed to speak about well, your Vincent project?
3: Yeah, why not? Because we, we're,
1: but... we're both about to yeah. start
0: well, why not? Vincent, Let's, uh, Vincent
1: Builds, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Is this an I'm...
0: exclusive? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this might <laughs> be our first <laughs> exclusive. Oh my gosh, well, I haven't told anybody about mine You can't talk either. about it we're... for weeks, though, until the podcast is uh, out. But yeah, exclusive, we, yeah. we, <laughs> we'll get some theme music. Well, yes. it was an exclusive
2: today, okay?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I've been having quite a few chats with Calum, because I came down to your place to look at your dad's, because I've... I haven't spent much time around a Vincent. I've got a client I'm building for a Vincent for in Australia, so I'm just I'm just waiting for the JMC motor to show up. Hopefully, it should be anytime soon. But oh, uh, GMT motor, what does that mean? JMC is a company here in the UK that build essentially it's a replica. Vincent engine, but it's a you know it's made with all the same castings, and it's essentially the exact same motor. Well, and does
2: that get put into an
1: original frame? No, or, I'm going to build everything build from scratch. Frame. Around you can it. actually build a, a whole
3: Vincent from they do every part. Yeah, you can actually build. Obviously, the difficult thing is getting it registered and having it official numbers stamped yeah. onto it. Yeah, yeah. So,
2: so, so, how do you get? So, for your project, is it an
1: original? You're, you're frame using or? an original motor, right?
3: Yeah, So, well, we've we've bought an original uh, logbook, basically. So we have the logbook for a, a Black Shadow. And we bought some cases and a few other bits for us. We're building up from those cases, which have the original number on, and then from there we'll make a new frame. You know, it's, it's a complete custom, but uh, and and the same we're, we're building. And a, are you a, doing
2: are you doing your version of a Vincent?
3: Yes, yeah, in in very much our style, but mm. yeah, I've, I've, I I love classic stuff, so it's a, a nice opportunity to. Wow, what to a first start. one though to Just, have a Vincent yeah, as your, yeah, first especially bike. with the family that you know, granddad's yeah. repeat dad's Shadow and. to to build a Vincent is quite special for us and and the client in in America that we're building for is just really you know he was just really actually I tried to I tried to say no we we, we said we'd do no more one-off builds our focus is building series now. It's far makes much more business sense. So I said no unless it was this dream project, which would be based on a Vincent and and you doubled the money. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it takes a huge amount of work, so it needed to be a <laughs> have a nice budget and a huge amount of time as well. And uh, yeah, but
2: it's, for something like that, the budget
3: is irrelevant, isn't yeah, it? Really? Yeah, yeah, it has to be in order to to reach the right kind of goals and build something that's you know that is just kind of
1: blown so, is, away, so. Is this your first? Is this your first frame up build? Yes, yeah. So in mine as well. Yeah. I don't consider myself a bike builder in the sense that I've never built a bike from scratch. Yeah. So, you know, yes, I've built many bikes, but to me, like internally in my head, you know, friends of mine, like Hazen.
3: Yeah.
1: And you you look at these guys that build bikes from scratch all the time. Those to me are bike builders.
3: Yeah, I think there's just so many different approaches to building and customizing a bike. They're They're all very creative, aren't they? And... For me, it was just a matter of time to when that would happen, and and actually, time was the biggest thing. It was it will happen when I have enough of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, no. a, a build like that is you know it's, it's probably a year's project with two of us. So it's um that's the kind of scale you're looking at to build a one-off that's going to be awesome. You
2: know. But this whole this whole idea of building bikes, you know, with the bike shed coming through seven years ago, I suppose Deus Ex Machina were the ones who kind of rekindled. Kind of a little bit, and made it possible that that, that people can go and buy an, an RAT and customize, and that's
3: kind of brought younger people back into the market massively. I mean, for, for myself, it was just a, someone sent me a, a video of a I think it was a BMW RAT just ticking over at the side of the road that had been customized, and I, I was at a bit of a loose end at the time between different things, and, and Dad said, "I oh, want you build, you know, just build one." So I built the CB750, and that happened to coincide with the launch of the or the first bike shed show which I went down to. And it was really cool because I loved bikes, but a lot of my friends weren't that into bikes. And then there was this new scene where there was just, there was so much going on. And literally from that moment, most, if not all of my friends are related to bikes or or the other things around it, the photography or whatever we do, the the adventures. But that's the
2: explosion of it, isn't it? So suddenly you could get a cheap bike and and, and not not necessarily go to an artist like you to get it built, but to be able to... Do a little bit yourself, and I yeah. suppose that's why those those BMWs r8s were so popular because yeah. there's nothing to them.
3: No, yeah. that's it. They just. I think there were so many people that just wanted to have a go. Hmm.
0: The other half of biking is is the riding them, and I know yeah. you you're very focused on ensuring that it's not just a show pony. It you know, yeah. does the job and, and gives that pleasure. What is it for you? We we always like to to. Get under the, the the helmet of of our guests and understand sort of what so it is for them. <laughs> it does. Get under the helmet. It's it just it. me. It's the it's health and me. safety Get requirement, requirement yeah. to come yeah. Yeah. in the studio. Yeah. 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 You know, there's family history of bikes, but what is it about riding and why is that such an intrinsic part of of your profession as well? That make that you're getting out, making sure it's an enjoyable ride. Why, why do you love? Why do you love riding bikes? Yeah.
3: Well, I think I think I love developing my skills, which is that's in the workshop and and but that also is, you know, everywhere else. Anything I do I like to try and improve on. And and I love about bikes. There's just so many different ways to ride a motorcycle and, and some techniques cross over, but some are very different. And and I just love all that. So if you you know, yeah, you're on track or whatever, your your body position is very different if you're doing a bit of enduro. And I kind of just love how many different disciplines there are. And then ultimately you tend to just do that with your mates, which yeah, I've been doing quite a lot of enduro recently, and you turn around the woods and see your mate ride into a tree or something. know, it's, <laughs> it's like, well, you know, funnier than that. So, you, like, yeah, of... it's, it's so true. It's just, you know. yeah. I yeah. mean, the, so the, I mean, yeah. Most of our weekends have been full of that recently, and yeah, you can't have much more fun than that. So that's, you know, and the, some of the riding we've done together on the the rally, I just, they're some of the best moments in my year. You know, when I think back back to that, and so yeah, I just ultimately, I just love it. I love being under the helmet, and obviously the the cliche lines, the freedom, and the is that a bit kind of escapism
2: of for you? You know, with the work and and everything, you know, because it's quite stressful. And then you get on a motorcycle, put your helmet on.
3: Yeah, I mean, definitely. Go. Sometimes, especially with the amount of hours we spend in the workshop, it reminds me why I do it. Especially as for a long time, the things we're working on are static pieces, and I have to remember they're going to get hot. They're going to you know, be thrown around. You have to really think about everything that's going on with the bike and some of the, especially the long trips we do, the rallies, remind me, of kind of the stresses a bike a bike will go under, but well,
0: well, that's that's practical knowledge because some of your bikes are often on those rallies and yeah. you spend quite a lot of time on the side of the road yeah. fixing them. He's like a thoroughbred,
2: you know, looking at looking at this Formula One cars and seeing how it can be improved. That's it.
1: So you're just
3: staring, you're like, oh yes, that bracket say, will break <laughs> actually, <that was laughs> because
1: it, it has. And that was another thing I was thinking about. How often is, do you get to ride though? Because like I'm I'm kind of in the same. I spend most of my days looking at a bike in bits or yeah. making parts for a bike. And you're just like, and when I'm done at the end of the day, I'm just like, oh, yeah. I, just, I, I just need to eat and go to sleep. And then you're just like back in the shop early in the morning and spend yeah. a whole another day looking at bikes. And I, I I literally, I got into this business because I wanted to ride motorcycles that I couldn't yeah. afford. Yeah, You know what I mean? So I figured if I built really nice bikes, then at least I'll get to ride them before yeah. I give them to clients or I'll get a bit, a bit of a go on them. But then... You've, yeah, I mean the, I definitely the more I work, the less I ride. Yeah. Kind of I mean
3: that definitely is a thing. Over the years it's definitely been a thing. And I mean, luckily I do get to road test the bikes every time we finish one. But more so recently I've uh the road riding, not so much, but the, the off road stuff, I I've been trying to make sure that there's a a day if well, a try for a day a week, you know, to, to squeeze that in. But um it's, it's good it's good exercise as well. I mean amazing. it's, it's, yeah. Fr- yeah. it's no, th- not duros, easy. Like, yeah. yeah
2: it's not easy to do i mean if it, i mean have you ever been you've, you've gone to a motocross track and haven't ridden a dub bike for a long time and then yeah. you get back on and you bang out a couple of laps and you come back you, i mean it, and come half frums, a hour you, yeah. you can't you can't you can't <laughs> no. talk yeah. you can't breathe and you, you, you go there with like, so much oh, energy yeah. thinking this
3: time i'm feeling fit now yeah. Yeah. you know my arms are going to get through this but it's then but
2: then because you haven't ridden for a while you're just clinging on that little bit The arm the arm pump and it's all you know Wasting energy bike. just so yeah.
1: quickly. You it's know? crazy that isn't yeah.
3: it? It's we, we did an enduro day recently and yeah, I think I probably I reckon quarter of a lap I I managed and I was like, I need to stretch out and you know, arms were just on fire. And but yeah, there you, you have a little stretch out and then in the afternoon it's all nice and loose and But that's
2: what I love about those 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 hare and hounds. Yeah, you know, on a Sunday. So it's just it's a three hour race. You can you know, so it's not an early start. You, yeah. you get there on this, the night before, a bit of barbecue, That's nice it. weather, van doors open, sitting out the back. Yeah, and oh. yeah. yeah, and it's then waste a race bit three hours
1: on the Sunday, home by five o'clock. Yeah. It's just you much prefer the building a series of bikes than than building one-offs. I would say yes.
3: I, I really enjoy the. Basically, we're creating a blank canvas, the, the prototype, and then if we're going to build a run of twenty-five, then you know that means. Twenty-five times, I get to sit down with a customer and create this really cool color scheme, and yeah, yeah. and see more people enjoy it, what we've created. And mm. with, with some of our bikes, maybe the red the red three we built that was really quite popular, and we had a lot of emails about that. And you know, all we have to say is we're not producing it, and you can't have any of the parts from it. And that's you know, that's kind of no fun. It's, it's fun for the guy who owns it, and we enjoy building it. But yeah, it's, it's nicer to get more out there, and and it makes much more business sense. You know, it's um you'll know what goes into the one-off bills yeah. there. Yep. They're, yeah, they're just, they're a huge amount of work and you could afford to do that with a, a series prototype.
2: And I suppose you'll then have to start thinking about the next series as exactly, well. Exactly, yeah. That needs to be brought in Yeah, at some point as well, doesn't yeah.
3: it? Yeah, and that's, we're starting to think about that now and... Um, I think we possibly will move away from the full fairing a little bit and, uh, and do something <laughs> 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 okay. yeah. less labor intensive <laughs> 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 yeah there'll be like two panels instead of 22 but, yeah. uh, but also in terms of comfort we, I love building races because races are the most exciting thing for me to look at and we'd go more on the comfortable side I think with our next series
1: you guys probably don't know this but um, Callum was that close to being on Goblin with me <laughs> when I was kind of auditioning I guess we were both But I didn't know he was at the same time so it was kind of between between us two I think so yeah uh, so I call him up I'm like hey dude guess what I just got this job (laughs) and he's like oh yeah I just got offered this this cool job too what are you I'm like yeah I'm gonna do this TV show he's like Oh, I guess that means uh, <laughs> I didn't get the gig. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. And it was it was like that. So then I kind of got involved in the show, and I was like, okay, well, I need good people around me that, that know how to do this. So he was the first guy I called. I'm like, Callum, okay, you know, sorry you didn't get the gig, but you want like, do you want to still have the gig? You want but to come come join paid. my team? Yeah, do the and, work um, And the money. so <laughs> so 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 it was gonna be it was gonna be me, Callum, Jimmy, and Helen. Yeah, Callum at, at the last minute got stage fright and bailed. Well, I was too busy and uh, and he was quite busy <laughs> yeah. and yeah it was it was kind of like yeah you you had you know it was, you would have had to put the bollocks on on yeah. kind of hold or or kind of like you know try to do both jobs at the same time
3: and, and that was the predicament even going going for the show at that time actually we'd built i don't know how many bikes maybe 10 bikes and those early days of customizing bikes is it's pretty hard and the route of a tv option where there's maybe some more money and you still get to do the same thing was definitely um yeah, def- we were definitely entertaining that, but
1: I think you made the right choice to be fair.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm pleased how we've grown and as you now probably know, yeah, TV's must be tough cuz your hands are a bit tied and so, you know, keeping doing what we're doing, we can be really creative. And...
2: For your series, are you going to you going to document it? Are you, you going to do a little
3: yeah, at some series. point, I mean, I'd love to see all the bikes together when they're done, which would be incredible, and and start creating some of the uh, the owner experience and and trips and and various things like that would be. um. Oh, I'm really sure they fun. would love it as well. Yeah, to yeah. get
2: together with other. Yeah, blasting around nice. the Alps
3: or something on all these yeah. amazing coloured, you know, bikes and everything. So we're. Yeah, really looking forward to that. We do a lot of photography and stuff. You
2: know, do you do you keep a, a one of everything you've built? I'm, I mean, as an investment.
3: Yeah, you know? I mean, I've se- semi-sort of penciled my name down for or our name down for the for the number twenty five. But I've had several customers asking for that, so yeah, I'm not sh- quite sure what we're going to do about that. And I don't know when I have the time to build, Just to build it. it, you it. Well, I suppose see how build, high you can, you can
0: push the price. the, <laughs> yes, exactly. the zero zero.
3: Yeah, you, yeah, is, yeah. I mean, uh, money money
0: always talks, doesn't it? What but, happened to the the aluminium prototype. Did that Simian become a bike? Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah so, so actually... Simian had serious, oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah,
3: yeah. With so. the aluminium panels. So the idea of doing it out of aluminium is you get these amazing flowing lines that when you're metal shaping as opposed to using a computer or 3D printing. Or, so we we physically created the aluminium prototype and then took those panels and created moulds directly from them. So the remaining 24 will be made from carbon fibre. And then once we were done with making the moulds, that bike got built back up as Ali. And so the number one bike has like a little A after the number and and that just uh, oh, yeah yes. but you wouldn't you wouldn't know looking at you know two of them which one was which really
0: yeah Callum, uh, I saw a post this morning. Uh, you're, you will have been, when this goes out, uh, an ambassador for DGR yeah. this year. You're going to be riding oh. down in Margate. And you you put a lovely post on your Instagram. Uh, what is your Instagram for the listeners, just so they can uh, find Dibolex
3: you? Bolex Motorcycles. To Bolex <laughs> Motorcycles.
0: Yeah. Uh, check it out. But it was a really nice post as an ambassador. We talk a lot about mental health and well-being on this podcast. We want to really normalise conversations in the context of them happening on a day-to-day scenario. You're an ambassador for Movember and... and DGR as as part of that Um, why is that important to you and and your post today was was beautifully written about the importance of talking and being aware of your mental health yeah I guess it was uh, having wrote that post I was kind of thinking
3: about different things but I remember being younger and riding bikes and stuff and really the agenda was just to ride bikes and have fun and didn't really think about it and as I guess it's just getting older and spending time with friends you sometimes you're sitting there chilling out and you're having a good time and you're kind of reflecting a little bit and I didn't really realize when I was younger how important those kind of times are. You know, they're hanging out with mates and riding bikes is just, it, it's the, the you know, it's the, it's the best thing. And quite often you have some downtime where you're letting the blood get back into your hands and you're <laughs> um, and you and you're chatting about day-to-day things. And and that's the time when I tend to talk with my mates about any personal things, you know, the most. And so what a great thing the DGR is, you know, that essentially brings a load of people together. And quite often, you know, there's, there's probably some bikers out there that, maybe don't have some friendships in the the biking world and that kind of the dgr just forces a load of people together normally in a car park at the beginning having a coffee having a chat and some amazing friendships uh, probably like we spoke about on the rally and stuff that that get put together and that side of things is just incredible and then of course from that you know it's raising money and awareness for for mental health and uh, men's mental health and yeah so uh, you know i love it i think it's a great thing margate would be a really fun ride out and and we finished the the rider pulling up at the beach and watching bikes hooning up and down the, oh, yes. the Margate so on, on the Mallet, sand. Yeah, I
2: think he's got he's got he's got an
0: oyster chucker and a, and a cocktail bar <laughs> oh. side by side. you you've just mentioned briefly then about when you're off the bike and the power of talking to your mates. Is that something that you've you've consciously been aware of through DGR and other things around mental health, or is that talking to your mates about you know decompressing, sharing? Troubles you're having, speaking openly about things—is that something that's come naturally to you, or that you've had to work out? Has that been a progressive uh, thing? I'm, no, I'm
3: probably someone who keeps things to myself a bit more than maybe others. Yeah, and I definitely there's a, there's a lot more awareness about it now, so that make that makes me consciously, yeah, I guess, think about it more and and use those times because I know you know my mates will happily listen and give a bits sort of advice and. um yeah, I, I like to hit I quite often like to hear what other people think of some decisions I'm making, maybe in the business or whatever it might be. So I will always try and bring that up. And um yeah, and there's there's a lot of value in that. I really take a lot from it. I guess maybe I'm a bit selective in what I talk about. And you know, there is there's certain things that I'm more comfortable talking about than others, but but it definitely helps, especially with certain friends, closer friends that, you know, to to talk about those things. It you know, another opinion is always is gonna really help with any of these life issues. We're all going through Certain things, aren't we? And why not share ideas and, you know, and uh, help help one another.
0: Yeah. How so was
2: um how was talking about you know stresses and everything of work and stuff? How how was how was lockdown for you? Did you? I mean, it was all a panic for everyone at first, but
3: yeah, I mean, it was we probably very, quite good for you. Probably it was very good in that our industrial state was quite quiet, so that was quite nice. But in terms of being locked away in the workshop, we we had a few we were building the prototype for the series. So that was going to be some downtime anyway. We have a few little side metalwork jobs that we do and that kind of helps bring income. So that was kind of tough. I'm lucky I have Des who I work in the workshop with and although we drive each other mad, we're good friends and we enjoy each other's company. So, you know, that it was a time really we were quite lucky. We managed to sort of ride that through.
0: Running a custom bike shop is maybe one of the more challenging commercial career paths Mm. to go down unless you find a rich benefactor sort of the Max Hazens of the world who found an outlet that that really supported his craft and his art in a financial way that made it sustainable that's a very difficult thing that you know there aren't many people operating at, at your level no in the marketplace why do you think is that because it is just financially very difficult to make enough money out of it it is
3: very difficult as a business. I mean a, a motorcycle is a really complicated thing you know it's, um, there's so much to it whether that be the mechanical side or the paint and the trimming and you're really diving into this thing and stripping it apart and making new things and time which has come up a lot in this conversation but you know everything does take a huge amount of time you know trying to get payment directly for that time is tough you know it's, it's um, yeah, well, it's yeah. near on impossible
1: like, I, I, yeah. don't, I don't think i've ever charged one client the amount of hours cuz yeah. like, if you if you put down you know 700 hours to to you on on a, on an on invoice, minimum wage you know what i mean yeah. and, uh, for, and, and if say say it's what, 50 60 70 yeah. quid a an hour or whatever hourly rate. you know yeah. like times times yeah just 700 they'd be like I'm not paying, yeah, you know, forty grand in labor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's what it would cost. Yeah, you know, so y- y- it's impossible that you have to kind of, you have to swallow that pill. Yeah. Right? I and think kind
3: certainly of, for the first, yeah, I
1: would say minimum five years of any custom yeah, yeah. bike
3: builder, you're going to be either putting your own money in or, or if, you know, if you're lucky enough to have a space you can work in, just putting your own time in. It doesn't always require money, you know, you just... But for me, the beginning phases of what we did was about developing skills and and that's why I love it and I just staying in the workshop, learning as much as I possibly can. And I think that's the key to what's got us to where we are now. You know, we, we're very involved in the what well, we do, the, our own paintwork, our own trimming, all our own fabrication, all our own CAD work being able to learn all those things, now we can, it was like I did this intense degree in custom bike building for five years or whatever. And then we could step back and go, right, what, how are we going to make this work as a business? <laughs> and that's where the series steps in and, and, and things like that.
1: I get asked this all the time. How do I get into it? How do I do it? And, and I'm like, you know you have to be prepared to it's like anything you have to be prepared to make no money for you know quite a quite a while you know what i mean yeah. and and honing you your skills 5 or 6 years yeah,
3: probably i mean getting... things go up and down you feel like you got a bit in the bank and then you know you you got another big build on and that takes forever and you know it's like i probably reached a level where i could have gone right i'm going to do parts now or i'm going to create a, a much simpler build but it was a conscious decision to keep things a bit maybe a bit complicated and keep pushing ourselves because I was, you know, I, was in a, I, I was lucky enough, I was in a position where I could keep my overheads a bit low and I could afford to do that. Mm. And I'm grateful for that and, and you know, I'm really pleased that I've managed to keep studying it. You know, and I will continue to study it for, for as long as I possibly can, but just keep learning new things. And I think that then when I decide to, to go for the money, you know, I can make smarter decisions.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I know you don't have an ego because I know you, but are you driven to be the best? Are you driven or are you driven emotionally to create the, the nicest bikes you can? Where, What are your targets? Where do you position yourself?
3: I, I, initially, I wouldn't consider myself to be a
0: necessarily competitive person. I've seen you ride a motorbike. You're competitive. <laughs> well, yeah. if you make it, if you're doing your own business. You well, know. These, these are the things, yeah. <laughs>
3: a... I, although I think, maybe think that of myself. I think you have to be, you know, I, I, when I actually really think about it, and I think about what I'm doing in the workshop or the way I'm riding a bike. Yeah, ultimately, I want to develop my skills to the best possible way so I can end up on top, you know, and that, that's always the goal. I guess I'm not always fighting for the first place, but I am always fighting to put myself in the best position to, to be up there.
2: <laughs> it's not about winning as long as I'm first. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's what
0: Damon's mantra is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like it. I take that. That's a great approach for anyone to take isn't it you know, th- just whatever you you're to, doing just give it your all and try and you know whether you get to the the pinnacle or not as long as you're, you're giving it 100% yeah it was um Einstein
2: or someone who said that wow. that, that failure is only a stepping stone to, to success yeah I, I, I like being around people who want to get through the door first uh, yeah 100% you know? it's
0: um well, yeah, but with your sharp elbows and sense of, sense of me
2: first. <laughs> not, that I've ever, not that I've ever gone through a door with someone before me. Well, but.
1: this isn't called the Den of Egos for nothing. It's, it's, it? it's quite hard to get past Charlie in a door frame oh. these days as
0: well, you know what I mean?
1: I can probably get through there. You know just because mean?
0: I've got a big chest. Because of yeah. a successful Apple series. Yeah, Or, yeah, yeah, or just yeah. the extra Apple stuff. TV Plus, <laughs> just wanted
2: you to say, on Amazon, most of the TV shows, yeah. to come across someone who's who's... Who's an artist and and a builder and and successful is, is very it's, nice.
1: It's, to it, see. it is very it's very far and few between, you know. You see, Instagram's a wonderful thing. So when are you, you know? going to get there? Well, <sighs> still still working on it. <laughs> still working on it. That was um, cheap. Sorry. <laughs> well, I took a different route. I took money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I put myself and now on, I'm loaded. I put myself on TV. Ah. <laughs> It's very difficult. You know what I mean? Like I, when I had my shop in Spain, um, I was, you know, my overheads were like 12 grand a month and, and I had two employees and it was, it was a nightmare. It was an absolute nightmare and I just, I was paying myself nothing. I was taking home 300 quid more than my rent a month and I lived like that for like, you know, years and I was just like... It's a definite struggle, mm. I think. You know, and I think a lot of custom bike builders are in that position yeah, where they're not making many,
3: a lot of money. Yeah, you know, when that big boom of custom bike thing came along, there was a lot of a lot of builders, a lot of new come businesses and came, and yeah, and a lot have teared off because it's it yeah. is tough.
0: Yeah, the cream rises to the top. Well, Callum, it's been an absolute joy to have you on. Thank um, you for having me. I wish you all the success with DB Twenty Five and whatever series had come. Good luck with it all. I'm very much looking forward to seeing you in. Oh, about five weeks' time, isn't mm. it? We're going to be on the Mallee Rally. Exciting. Gallivanting across the UK again for a week. We're making your ears bleed for... <laughs> yeah, get a different bike this time. That'd be great. And, yeah. uh, you, sorry,
2: we'll, you, what I'll do is I'll, I'll order another two of those... um Of uh, the baffles. Of those baffles, and, and, yeah. and, and can you can get a little handheld spot welder. Maybe yeah. so yeah. yeah, another ten of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And
1: are you prepared to... Take another thrashing at Motopola this year to the reigning
0: champions, the Channel 9.
3: uh, Well, mate, you don't know what sort of training we've been doing. Well, uh, we'll see. uh, The fight will be on, that's for sure. the
0: pitch at the Malay Mile. Yeah. Thank you for listening to The Nod, a mindful motorcycle podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode with Callum. Do make sure you subscribe to get your alerts when the next show is released. Head over to our webpage, motorcyclenews.com forward slash The Nod uh, where all the links to the previous episodes can be found don't forget to buy your Nod coffee to drink when listening to next week's episode we will be back next week see you then see you then goodbye